September 26, 2023, we're in Masechet Betzah. Let's pick up again on Daf Kafdalid Amud Bet, five lines from the bottom of the Amud. Amar of Papa Hilcheta. Rav Papa has the following statement. The halacha is as follows. Four separate halachot. Number one, Nochri Shehevi Doron Yisrael Biyom Tov. If a non-Jew brought a present, be it uh, fruits or be it vegetables or alternatively animals, the halakha is im yesh me'oto hamin ba'mechubar asur. If uh, in a, such a circumstance, yesh me'oto hamin ba'mechubar, which means to say the animal, for argument's sake, is a common animal in the uh, area from which the person is uh, bringing it and where they're living, or alternatively, easier, the fruit or vegetable is in season at that time. And therefore... We're not addressing the specifics on the matanot. Assuming that's addressed, assuming we dealt with that, several opinions that we've uh, discussed in the past. Now, that notwithstanding the following, even if it's a a fruit, uh, if if that fruit is in season within the area from which it was uh, brought or where it's brought to, the halakha in such a circumstance is asur. Uh, the fruit, the vegetable, the animal will be forbidden for consumption on Yom Tov. Why so? It's a problem of mukseh. Again, if it's uh, in season, we assume that the non-Jew picked it off on that day. If it's an animal which is uh, present in that area, we assume the non-Jew caught it on that day and in turn is bringing it to you. It's for that reason, the problem of mukseh, that we have an issue of getting any benefit from it on the holiday. So again, to state it clearly, if in a circumstance where this item was brought and there's a fear, a strong suspicion that it was caught in a way or was picked in a way that it wasn't prepared before the holiday, in such a circumstance it's going to be asur for you. Continues the statement here of Rav Papa, and even though we now forbade it during the day, a problem called mukseh, it's as well even afterwards, after the daytime, asurin asu, the is, you'd have to wait that evening, the period of time that it would take for the non-Jew, or for a Jew by extension, to trap that animal or to pick that fruit off the tree. Uh, that's the halakha furthermore. So again, on the holiday, it'll be asur, mukseh, wasn't prepared before the holiday, even though the non-Jew has no isur of trapping or picking on holidays or on Shabbat by extension, the fact that it wasn't prepared beforehand designates it as mukseh. La'erev, even in the evening, it's going to be asur in the period for, for the period of time that it would take, minutes, hours, to catch that animal or to pick those fruit. Uh, we discussed on this point that Rashi has a dispute with Tosafot. Rashi reflects, as he states, the widespread custom that he found in his area, although he says it was under great deba- debate by others, about the circumstance where it was brought on the first day of Yom Tov. So the non-Jew shows up and is dispensing or giving out presents or gave you a present on the first day of Yom Tov. Can you wait until the next day in order to benefit from it? Well, it says over here you have to wait until the evening, the evening after the holiday, 
or even on the holiday, as long as you waited that period of time, it'll be mutar on Yom Tov Sheni. Rashi logically suggested that it would be permitted on the second day of Yom Tov, because for Rashi, this Isur is specifically and only an Isur in that you might tell the non-Jew to go ahead and do this for you. Excuse me. For Rashi, the prohibition, the restriction is rabbinic in nature, and it is because the melacha was done on Yom Tov. That's the way to say it. That's how Rashi articulates it. So let me spell this out for you. According to Rashi, since our fear is, since our problem rabbinically is, that something was done in a prohibited way and in turn brought forth mukseh to you on Yom Tov, well, we're going to restrict that even after the period of time. Well, let's think about this first day of Yom Tov and second day of Yom Tov. The way the Gemara and Dalid instructed us and elsewhere to think about this is as follows. It's two Kiddushot. As a result, I can understand either the first day is Yom Tov or the second day is Yom Tov. We're going to treat them as both days Yom Tov. However, what I can do is I can say, the Nanju brought it for me today. I didn't benefit from it today or this evening. If today was Yom Tov, well, now I had that period of time after Yom Tov, and it's going to be permitted on the second day without a problem. Second day isn't Yom Tov at all. If this first day was not Yom Tov at all, and the second day is Yom Tov, well, then it was picked. Beheter Rashi, as a result, says, although it's forbidden, that's not to restrict the second day of Yom Tov. Tosafot disagreed. Tosafot said the rationale, the reasoning over here is different. It's that we have a fear of Gezerah, the rabbis built the gate. If we allow for you to benefit from this that evening, you might come to tell non-Jews to go pick it and trap it for you. And as a result, says Tosafot, it'll be Asur not only on that day, but on the second day as well. Effectively, though, the halakha of Rav Papa is twofold so far. Number one, If the Nanju brought you that item on Yom Tov, the halakha is, If that item, we have good suspicion that it was picked that day, it's a problem of Mukzeh, can't benefit from it that day. And certainly that evening you'd have to wait the period of time that it took to get that item. Rashi and Tosafot debate. What about if the Nukhri, uh, this is how the Poskim talk about this in a more practical case, if the Nanju brings you Hadassim or Aravot, we have a Sukkot quickly approaching, they bring you Hadassim uh, or Aravot, are you allowed to benefit from those? On the one hand, this is rabbinic in nature. Our issue is mukzeh, and the mitzvah of arba minim, the lulav and etrog, is a mitzvah from the Torah, ostensibly. And in turn, there's a debate amongst the poskim whether we're going to say that mukzeh is so strong in this circumstance to override the mitzvah of lulav and etrog, and as a result, you wouldn't be able to accept it. Or alternatively, since it's a biblical mitzvah, it should override it. What's that? Even the item, the suggestion, listen, if it's not grown in the area, so we don't have a question. The right. Papa's only telling you when it's grown in the area. And, and so uh, why does it Again, the seasonal will define for me that it was picked from nearby. If it's out of season in this area, because we can assume the guy had it in his storehouse. It looks very fresh. He knows how to keep it very fresh. If alternatively, right, that's the way that works. Now, that's the debate with regards to Hadassim and Aravot. I don't know if this is going to be all that relevant for us in today's day and age. We have mass, uh, mass production and selling of Arbat. I mean, Correct. Says, the, says Rav Papa in his continued halachot, ve'im, 
אין מאותו המין במחובר. What if it's not seasonal and it's not nearby connected to the ground and those animals are not in close proximity to where you're living or where the non-Jew is coming from? Also, we still have a circumstance where we might still restrict this. You might still restrict this. How so? What's the problem? The non-Jew is bringing you something which is permitted. There's no problem of mukseh. There was no melacha that was done to it. Toch ha-tehum mutar we furthermore designate and separate between whether that item was brought based on our understanding and knowledge from within the Tehum Shabbat or outside of it as we've discussed that we understand later in the Masih and lots of conversations about this Tehum is that space outside of the city space outside of the city uh, within which you're not allowed to travel nor is something allowed to be brought. It's not a carrying issue per se, it's a tehum issue. Even if there's quote an eruv, not an eruv tehumim, but an eruv haserot of sorts, it still have a problem of, uh, of tehum. You can't walk outside of the tehum. And as a result if the items coming from outside of the tehum, the halakha says, uh, says uh, Rav Papa is asur. That's the statement here in the Gemara. So again, Rav Papa distinguishes further. And again, this sort of issue is the larger issue in conversations about when packages might arrive at your home. Now, that's far from simple restrictions and permissibilities, but that's one of the major issues that comes into play is where is it coming from? Was it held in some holding place and uh, it was therefore there before Shabbat, before Yom Tov, within the Tehum, or is it coming from outside of the Tehum? There's other issues that come into play in terms of leniencies on that matter with regards to receiving a package and stringency is as well a separate longer conversation but that's the statement here in the Gemara Rashi at the top right hand corner questions this again the Nochri brought something which is not Mukseh it's in Beotohamin Bemehubah but it came from outside of the Tehum Asur. Says Rashi, Lo tam mekubal badavar. Says Rashi, I didn't hear uh, easy and, uh, and palpable explanation uh, to why outside of the Tehum, if the item is arriving from there, it'd be Asur. If it's a muksa, I skipped the next words in the Gemara. Hold Rashi for a moment. Rashi's wondering the reasoning. Rashi questions it from the next words in the Gemara. The Gemara says, The final statement of Rav Papai as well, if it came from outside of the Tehum, but the purpose was to give it to Nathan. Nathan says, I can't accept it. It came from outside of the Tehum. Give it to Eli instead and be permitted for Eli. So says Rashi, wait a second. What's the issue over here? Is the issue an issue of Muksev? It's an issue of Muksev. It's Asur for Nathan. It's Asur for Eli. It's Asur for all of us. If it's not an issue of Muksev, so then it's Mutar for Eli. It's Mutar for Nathan as well. Writes Rashid Lo Shama'ati Tam Mekubal Badavar. I didn't hear uh, an accepted and easy explanation. If the issue over here is a Muksev issue, am I Mutar Israel Acher? The Nanju brought it from outside of the Tehum. It's not prepared because it's outside of the Tehum. As a result, it's forbidden for Nathan. So then it should be forbidden for Eli as well. And if the issue is that there was an Isur which was transgressed 
with the express purpose of giving it to Nathan, then it shouldn't be permitted for Eli to receive. If an Isur was done with the express purpose of Israel, that Rashi cites from doesn't distinguish. It says if a non-Jew lit a candle for Israel, it's forbidden for all Yisraelim. Now, if he lit it for himself, it's something else. If he lit it for a Jew, it's going to be asur for all. So again, can't understand how we distinguish between Nathan and Eli. He brought it for... The two of them are living adjacent one to another outside of the tahum from which it came from. Yes. V'yesh lomar... Correct. Correct. Let me review it clearly for us. We initially were distinguishing, Eli, we initially were distinguishing between whether it's in close proximity or not, which means we can test whether it's mukseh, whether it was cut from before the holiday or not. Now we're saying, even though it was clearly cut from before the holiday, the animal was trapped from before the holiday, nonetheless, there's a problem called tahum, says Rashi, but what's the issue of tahum? Tehom, you and I are not allowed to travel. You and I are not allowed to bring in. But a non-Jew brought it in. So you say, it's mukseh. If it's mukseh, because it wasn't on our minds, then the halakha, however, said the Gemara, is that it's not permitted for the person who was brought to. For the other person, why should permit it? Alternatively, maybe it's because the melacha was done for a Jew. But if it's done for a Jew, it's going to be asu for all. So Rashi can't understand the angle for permitting of it. No, we say you have tahum, and the non-Jew brought you something from outside of your tahum. He brought you instructions, you designated him, or he just brought it in? Why should it, why should it make a difference? Isn't it like it belongs to me, or it's not even my The guy's bringing it for you on the holiday. Guys bring it for you on Shabbat. He came from outside of the Tehom, irrespective of whether you asked him to or not. The halakha for some reason is it's going to be prohibited for you, but permitted for the other person. Again, you didn't per se say to him, state to him that you want and you're telling him on Shabbat to do it, which gets into a conversation with regards to packages as well. Did you order it for arrival on Shabbat on Yom Tov or not? That notwithstanding, let's assume not. Let's assume he hekeb just showed up. Nonetheless, the halakha is that it's asur for the person it's delivered to, but it's going to be permitted for others. That's the question. But that, that is that Rav Halas? Is that the Rav Halas? Is that the Rav Halas? The top of the Amud, the Amud Aleph, Those are the words of Rav Papa. Rashi is questioning that statement of Rav Papa. Says Rashi, I have one of two answers. Well, first answer. Says, says Rashi, maybe the reasoning is, whereas when you lit a candle, when a non-Jew lit a candle, that's called an Isur from the Torah. Hav'ara and Shabbat is prohibited biblically. And therefore, if it's Asur for you, it's Asur for all other people as well. When it comes to Tehumin, Tehumim are only an Isumid Rabbanan, they're only rabbinically prohibited. And therefore, although it's difficult to parse out the exact logic, the rabbis were more lenient. They stated that you shouldn't receive it yourself, but since this is our rabbinic restriction, we're allowing for the other person to receive it. That's Rashi's first explanation. Indirectly, it's permitted, provided that it wasn't delivered to you, the other person can receive it.
This is not simple because not everyone agrees that all tehomin are dirabbanan. We've mentioned on one or two occasions that Harambam's opinion and others is that the, the space known as yod vet mil, without getting into the particulars, might be a violation of prohibition from the Torah. If it's from the Torah, this answer won't stand ground. This answer won't be a strong one. Rashi's answer is predicated on his opinion that tehomin in its entirety is only midrabbanan, only rabbinic in nature. How would you resolve it according to Harambam? Well, Rashi will give another explanation. In the back of the Gemara, there's what's called Milhamot Hashem. Ramban Nahmani has his glasses to reef, and in his Milhamot Hashem, he's commenting on Baal Hamaor's words, he suggests differently. He suggests something along the lines, I think Jeffrey was a little bit getting us here, even if these two Jews are in the same place, even though Eli and Nathan are within the same city and same block, etc., nonetheless, Tehumin by definition is a different type of prohibition than an Isur like even Mukseh. How so? Well, Mukseh, the very item, is prohibited. The very item was not prepared in, uh, in, in advance of Yom Tov, in advance of Shabbat. That item, we call it Behefzah, in object, becomes Asur. And as a result, we're going to have a full-fledged violation, a prohibition for any person who comes and encounters it to get any benefit from it. Alternatively, tehumin by definition, the item is not prohibited. After all, if I live within the tehum of where that item's coming from, it would be permitted for me. It's coming from, what we say in the past, Queens. Someone who lives in Queens has no problem enjoying that, provided that that's the case it was prepared before. What's that? It says right here, That's right, that's right. One more time, Mila. Let's take three. The issue is not that we fear he did the melacha on Yom Tov for you or Muqsin. The issue is we know that he brought it from outside of the Tehum. That's the question. What's the issue? What does it have to do with Rav Papa and our Gemara? Until now, Rav Papa wants to give us clear guidelines for any situation you have. Eli's right. This is not the issue we've been addressing in our Gemara until now. Says Eli, the, the Mishnah, the Beraitot that we've been dealing with, have been talking about whether the trapping was done on the holiday or not. You're right. A digression. Now that I'm giving you the Halakha, says Rav Papa, let me give it to you in entirety. Ramban, in short, Ramban Nachmani suggests, fantastic, it was a great question, on point. Uh, Ramban Nachmani, however, suggests that the very violation of Tehumin is lighter because the object is not prohibited, the placement is, is the prohibition. And in turn, we can understand already that it's a lighter vision of the rabbis with regards to treating this item, since after all it's permitted for some already, we're going to in turn say that even though it's prohibited for the person it's delivered to, the Nathan, the indirect recipient, the Eli will make it. I imagine it would be permitted. I imagine, I, I'm not certain, it's a great question. I imagine the Isur is specifically because it's being delivered to a person, both according to Rashi and according to Ramban. Well, once I'm now arguing, even though it's an Isur in the Torah, Rambam, uh, nonetheless, Ramban Nachmani's logic would tell you it's an Isur from the Torah, which is a lighter Isur. The item itself is not prohibited. The placement is, and in turn, will have room and grounds for leniency. Now, in parentheses in Rashi, just a line or two down, uh, gives a different answer. It says, Ta'amahir nir ali. 
has a different reasoning that seems uh, right to me, and we'll discuss in a moment why this is in parentheses. It says, and the reason that when it comes from outside of the tehom it's prohibited, is gezera. It's a uh, restriction of the rabbis. It's a barrier they built. Uh, because maybe a person will come to send to the non-Jew and request that they bring it for them. However, if it was brought for one person, for Nathan, well then Eli is permitted. Because after all, the non-Jew is Nathan's friend or colleague or work associate. So he's bringing it for Nathan. The fact that you gave it to Eli, the Gezera wouldn't apply. Again, the issue, says Rashi, might be a rabbinic prohibition restriction. Okay, that much is clear, but the logic goes as follows. When it's delivered to Nathan, well, the issue is that the rabbis say, we fear Nathan receiving it because next time he'll ask this non-Jew to bring it for him. Today, the non-Jew brought it because he loves him. Tomorrow, Nathan might say, could you go and bring it for me? That would only apply when it's Nathan's friend and he's bringing it for him or whatever the circumstances. That wouldn't apply in turn to someone who doesn't know the non-Jew, the Eli in this circumstance. That's the the item itself is not muqseh. We can we can only we. No, we're not talking about muqseh now. We're talking about this area. The home. It's not the item itself is not considered muqseh. Makes it muqseh. But that's not the reason. Because muqseh would have been good for But again, over here it's brought by a non-Jew from outside of Tehom. It wasn't the Yisrael who did it. But you violated in doing so. Over here the non-Jew did this. But again, the fact that a Jew did the milacha to it, the specific prohibition in that context. Over here, it's only nochri, certainly. Who came in who was allowed to bring it because his tehum was further away. Yes. He had a double tehum and he came into the city. Yes. And brought it to me. We talked about this case explicitly later in the Masechet. No good for you, because over here, you are not allowed to benefit from something that he's bringing. A tehum issue. What's that? I can, but the neighbor, even if who's a Jew, the neighbor can. In this case, if I brought it to Nathan from, from Queens, because I had my Tehum and I was allowed to come to Brooklyn, he came to me, you saying, I can't give it to Nathan, but can I give it to you? Like, good, can you like now take it? No, because a so Jew, so I'm gonna, it is, because you being a Jew brought it from outside of his Tehum, uh, of, of his Tehum into the place. It's a it's a way for a Jew Again, in a situation. No, this is never but we're talking. One second, one second, yeah. You're talking a boy over here. Yes. I'm saying the Jew ordinance is bad. Behetero be isur. Be isur, yes, it would be just as bad. I'll, I'll agree to that. Uh, so, anyway, yes. Do we talk about Asiyah Malatah in a boy though? Because this is, according to Rambam, this is a matter Right, again, so that's, that's what we're taught. That's exactly the first question. That's the Gemara Masechet Shabbat that we were citing. That was what Rashi was bothered by, the fact that the Melech has been... Right, Ramban Nachmani resolves for someone like Rambam, right? According to Ramban's logic, 
even on a deoraita, since the object is not asur. When do we say that the melacha, which was done in turn, prohibits for the hana'a, when the object which was created is, is an object which is isur, as opposed to this sort of circumstance? No. Because, because according to all the logics that, that are in place over here, the hachamim were oser for Nathan for, for one reason or another. Why is Rashi in parentheses over here? The reason he's in parentheses is because Maharshal, Rabbi Shalomo Luria, felt that these words couldn't have been Rashi's words. Why couldn't they be Rashi's words? Because earlier in the, in the cases of Rav Papa, Rashi didn't have such a logic. The first case, the Eli case, the case Eli likes very much. What was the first case we had? It was a situation where it was yesh tohamin ba mehubar. The same item is now connected to the ground. Alternatively, we said, as we said, if it's be'oto hayom, it's going to be asur. Uh, what about that night? It's asur bekedeshi yasu. It's the period of time that it takes to pick it or to trap it. In that circumstance, what was the reason that it's asur? Well, we had a mahloka between Rashi and Tosafot. According to Rashi, it's because the melacha was done for you on Yom Tov. Alternatively, or, or not for you, melacha was done on Yom Tov. Tosafot said it's a gezerah because if you accept it, now you'll ask the guy to bring it for you in the future. The fact that Rashi didn't have that sevara, that logic of Tosafot, that the rabbis made a restriction if you receive it now in this circumstance and benefit from it after the holiday immediately, or because you mind tell him afterwards, makes us think that Rashi doesn't have such a mindset. That sort of gezerah doesn't exist for Rashi. That's why Maharshal says, where did Rashi all of a sudden get such a logic over here? Again, if in the case of he may have picked it for you, Rashi doesn't have such a gezerah restriction. They might in turn ask the non-Jew to do it. Why did he all of a sudden over here? Okay, Maharshal debates Maharshal and suggests that maybe you can distinguish between the cases. Okay, regardless, that's the statement of Rav Papa. The final statement of Rav Papa over here again is, Im en me'oto hamin ba mehubar, the Gemara continues for us and says the following, bringing us back to trapping and mukse issues of that sort. Amar Baba Amar Rav, Amat Yom Tov, Dagim. The circumstances as follows, there's a channel of water and you dammed it prior to the holiday. And as a result, since it's closed off, any of the fish that are in that channel of water were clearly there before the holiday. You dammed it before the holiday. And therefore, there shouldn't be a problem of mukseh on these fish. Furthermore, these fish are in a small collected area, and as a result, they're not considered what's called mehusar seda. You might remember that word from a little bit ago. It's not considered actually trapping because they're already trapped. They're stuck in this channel. What's the halakha? Mutarin. So one more time, there's a channel of water, and there's rushing in water with new fish and fish going out and back and forth, and you close it off before the holiday. Any of the fish that are now found within that channel are permitted for you on the holiday. They have one second, one second, one second. Uh, all good questions. One second, one second. So the halakha is that we don't fear that new fish came in, no f- new fish could come in, and they're considered already trapped. The question is as follows Our Mishnah, Charlie and Nathan are remembering our first Mishnah, not so long ago, but long in terms of time. The first words in our Pedic, first words in the Pedic. The statement in our first Mishnah is, even when it's in a bebar, in a pond, the 
halacha with regards to fish is different than with regards to a closed off area of animals or with birds. With regards to fish, we had a restriction. What's the restriction? We say that fish can always get into the cracks and crevices. So no matter what, it's never considered the fish is actually caught. Even with, even with a small area, it seemed to be asur. With regards to the animals, the Mishnah continued and said, well, then it could be permitted. Now the Gemara did distinguish, as Nathan remembers, between a large bebar or a small bebar. Is it a small area or a larger area? With regards to birds, for example, if it's a larger closed off, I don't know, bird area, uh, then it's still going to be asur. It's still difficult to catch them. If it's a smaller area, then it's permitted. But we never explicitly distinguished as such with regards to fish. The assumption we had, maybe rightfully or wrongfully so, that was that fish would never be permitted to scoop out whether you had the net there or not before Yom Tov. What's that? No, no, no. Yeah, but again, they were in the Bebar from before Yom Tov. It's a pond. They're not coming in from somewhere else. Now, you might recall, however, the way to begin resolving this is based on the final words of the Mishnah, which we were posek halacha like them. If you recall, the final words of the Mishnah were at the bottom of Daf Kafkim Alamudbet, two lines before the bottom, Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel Omer, Lo kol habebarin shavin. Not all bebars, not all ponds are the same, or not all enclosed areas are the same. So those words of Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel, we explained at the time, are under tremendous debate. Harambam and Ra'avad. We mentioned it twice, now it becomes very relevant. It goes like this. Rashbag, is he commenting on both parts of the Mishnah which preceded him, or just the one right beforehand? What do I mean by that? The Mishnah went like this. Fish, prohibited. Animals, permitted. Rashbag, sometimes permitted, sometimes prohibited. Is Rashbag talking about one and two, or just two? Is Rashbag just being stringent on animals and saying sometimes animals are actually prohibited against what you said, hachamim? Or is he even going back to the dagim, the fish, and saying sometimes the fish are even permitted, provided it's a really small area? So the suggestion of Harambam was that Rashbag is saying that provided it's very small area, bebar katan, Fish would be permitted. Oh, so that might be what Rav is basing himself on. Rav in our Gemara is going based on Rashbag. He's going halakha like Rashbag and he's understanding him like Harambam. But not everyone agreed with Harambam. Ravad disagreed. Ravad said fish are always prohibited, even if it's a bebar katan, even if it's a small pond. How does he explain our Gemara? Go ahead. The birds on Daf Yod. Yes. There's all you closed it off. Well, no, 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 no. They could before you closed it off. Before the holiday, you closed it off. No, no, no. He's asking about the fish coming in. No, it's closed off. They're not jumping over the thing. It's damned. Can't you say he was socher over here, which made it more lenient? He did a maaseh in the Mishnah. It was a pool. Why do you need a ma'aseh? It's mechunas, it's mezuman. Who said you need a ma'aseh in this circumstance? Who said you need a ma'aseh in such a circumstance when it's already mechunas? Rav, yeah, go ahead. It, again, provided that it's in an enclosed area, we consider it not mechusar seda, it's already trapped. You're just doing the final grab, which was not a trapping. 
would be permitted provided that it's actually not mehusar seda. Ra'avad, the way uh, the way the Aharonim explained for Ra'avad is maybe we nonetheless have to further qualify. Bebar Katan is a smaller pond. Bebar Gadol is a larger pond. And then there's yet a third category. It's called Amatamaim. It's called the channel of water, which is very small. What's an Ama? An Ama is about six tefahim or so. It's very small. It's smaller than even a small pond. We never quantified exactly the exact measurement of each. But this one would be really small. And Joey Levy, as a result, we don't even fear that it's going to be difficult with the cracks and crevices. And even fish would be permitted. I know they came before the holiday because I, I closed because I closed it off, right? No, they can't. If it's cloaked through a wall, fish can't. We have to speak to a fish expert, but as far as I understand, fish can't swim through walls. It says the Gemara again, Amar Rabah but uh, Charlie, you and Jared have different understandings of fish. Your understanding says they can go through walls. Apparently not. The rabbis disagreed. If you damned the wall uh, from fish before Yom Tov, and the next morning, you found fish, reflecting on the words of his rabbi, Rav, said and suggested let's extend the words of Rav from fish to animals as well if there's a wild animal it nested itself in pardes in some um, not closed off but says Rashi a garden or orchard a place which is fenced doesn't mean that the animal can't jump over but it does mean that it's nesting in this area, so to a certain extent it's in the Enaseri Chazimun, in such a circumstance that animal is considered already trapped, not mukse. Rashi Bapardes Makoma Mishtamer Ve'en Havelad Yose. The child of that, of that animal is not going to get out. Because it won't be easily, uh, it won't at all be able to escape. And it'll be easy to trap the animal's child. And as a result, in this circumstance, you don't need what's called zimun. Zimun, back to uh, Jared's Mishnah, there was a mahluk between Bet Shammai and Bet Hillel with regards to zimun. Zimun again means designating. Before the holiday, in order for something not to be mukseh, you need to designate it. You either need to say it with words, one opinion, or alternatively, you need to do some action. Over here the suggestion is, based on Rav's statement, back to the fish, just by closing off the channel of water, the fish are permitted, he suggests that the animals as well would be permitted provided that they nested in the area which is kind of closed off. But wait a second, in the channel I did an action, I damned it. In this circumstance, there was no Amar of Nachman Nafal Havrin be Rav Revata says Rav Nachman about Rav Hasta, our friend Rav Hasta has fallen in with the great ones. He stuck his head into the giants. 
In other words, we have a question which is going to slam his logic. We may have already addressed it in the room. Again, whereas Rav's statement was with regards to fish, as long as you damned it, you closed it, the fish are now considered mizuman. For some reason, Rav Hasta is willing to extend that even to the animal when it just walked into a somewhat guarded area. But it's not the same thing. One situation had an action. The other situation did not. We'll continue with this tomorrow. Baruch Adonai Amen.